We are the voices of experience. Four pals from Toronto, Canada, all of us with quite a few miles traveled already down life's highway. While that may not translate directly into voices of wisdom, we can promise you an entertaining discussion on a wide range of topics of current interest. So soldiering with us for a while, you'll hear a variety of points of view. You'll be amused, you'll be provoked, you'll be stimulated. And now it's my uh, very great pleasure to pass the word along to Mr. Al Brown. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our podcast. I'd like to introduce my uh, friends here, Andrew Wood, which you've just heard from, Sarab Santu, and Mario Kariakides. Today's topic our Christmas, is Christmas pasts for each of us. It is something that we're all very intimately uh, aware of, things that form a part of our character because Christmas is a very important season to all of us. It is a time when we get together with friends and family, have good times, we say goodbye to the old year and have great hopes for the coming year. So today we're going to talk about our individual experiences, the things that we remember from the past. Now, we're gonna be delving way back into our memories on Christmas. Some of us when we were small children maybe, or at least had a lot more hair than we do right now. And probably that hair wasn't gray either. It was brown or even red. Whatever the case may be, Christmas has been a tradition that goes back for thousands of years. In the Roman times, I read a story that uh, the, uh, was called Saturnalia, and there was a time under, the, under Augustus where they, the, the Romans had the, the tradition of giving presents. And one year, a general gave uh, Augustus a whole set of toy soldiers because he wanted, he was short a legion or two, so he gave him a legion of soldiers. <laughs> So that's the sort of thing that, that's the sort of happiness that Christmas can give. I'd like to open this discussion by asking uh, Andrew for some of his Christmas memories. You're welcome. Delve back into your, into your past, uh, Andrew, yeah, tell us. You're, you're gonna make me scrape back into my memories. My hair was bright red, by the way. Yeah, I was a carrot top and I, I wasn't Andrew in those days, I was Andy. Okay, so let's go back, you know, um, five years old, six, seven, eight. Um, I grew up in a military family. My um, father was uh, Canadian uh, Army. And so we lived in uh, a fairly closed community. It was very, very homogeneous. And so everybody around us was exactly the same as we were, you know, English Canadian with a British background and British traditions. So those are the traditions we cleave to, absolutely. Um, for example, we wouldn't uh, dream of putting up the Christmas tree any time earlier than Christmas Eve. The, the tree came into the house, you know, maybe a day before that, but Christmas Eve was when the tree went up and it was being decorated by the family. And just gosh, you know, 
the excitement of the of the children and 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 the approaching holidays and uh, Santa coming and all of that. Uh, those were golden years, I think, as far as society goes. We're talking here probably mid 1960s, you know, if you want to place me in in my age. And so, um, it, yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is, I never remember, at least, having to deal much with a green Christmas. No, in Canada, you could pretty much assume that it was a white Christmas there. So I'll share some more memories, but let me uh, pass it along to another person as well. Sure. Sarab, you uh, have famously told us of your time at sea. Now, obviously, you must have uh, spent some Christmases at sea. Could you tell us about your times, uh, your Christmases at sea? Well, all the listeners, welcome to the show. Let me tell you, there's something known as blue Christmas when you have it out at sea. So you have white Christmas, green Christmas, and blue Christmas. Now, this is right in the middle of the ocean, and we are celebrating it. We're having a nice meal, a party. That's the main thing. I was in British ships. They were Scottish and English officers. The Scottish wanted it on the 1st of January. They wanted a party on the 24th of uh, December. I enjoyed both the parties. And, <laughs> uh, and also there's a saying that we did once see Santa Claus go past us. Oh, really? Yeah, we were out at sea in the northern latitudes and I saw something coming down. And when we saw it on the radar, it was Santa. Oh. And we actually told the company that we cited him and they forwarded to the BBC. And of course, they said <laughs> we actually had the real coordinates. And yeah, out at sea, in any case, all uh, events like Christmas, Hanukkah, Diwali, Eid, all the religions have their own day when this starts. So this is just another day where we have a reset and we, the, the whole year starts again. This was, as you said, this was the soul invectus that the Romans used to have. It's, it's called the, the day of the in, inconquerable sun. And that's how, that was exactly on the 25th. And that has become Christ, Christmas now. And out at sea is no different than here, but the only thing is there's no presence there. You only can enjoy yourself by having the, a nice meal. In fact, the last Christmas I had, I told the chief steward, make a menu, what we're gonna eat. We had the menu which was made in such a way that it was absolutely gorgeous, but we didn't have any other items. The next port we went, we went and bought those items to make that menu and it happened and it was, out of this world, this this whole menu was, if I show you, it was five star. And that's the only problem you drink and you can't keep watch, but there are people who keep watch and they allow the other person to uh, uh, enjoy the Christmas so they can get drunk. So having, that's how we used to celebrate. I remember that out at sea. I was there for 20 years or 20 Christmases. Sarab, so, when you had such a wonderful party at sea, what did you do with the leftovers? Well, we ate it the next day. Mm. Uh, I don't know about that getting drunk part. You know, this is supposed to be a family-oriented podcast here. Well, I don't know. The guy said that he saw Santa Claus. 
you know, <laughs> while flying over there. I wonder how many eggnogs with rum they had to the crew there, <laughs> including the captain. You know, and it's like, oh, there's Santa going by. <laughs> hey, this was a chemical. <laughs> This is a chemical ship, and they had stuff which you could. Oh, even worse! <laughs> and you can you can go somewhere else. So they should test us every three months, and somebody's not sniffing uh, some solvent, you know. Ah, okay, that explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we had cargoes like acetone, uh, you know, hexohexocycline, something fancy names, and some were dangerous, and some were very aromatic, and. We had to prevent the crew from going down and opening the alleged yeah. tank and having a little whiff. I think this explains a whole lot about Sarab, a lot more than he thinks it does. Okay, so now <laughs> we're connecting the dots. Okay. Mario, yes, sir. maybe you should tell us about your Christmas memories. I don't know how I can wrap Sarab's uh, Santa Claus thing. No wonder Santa Claus comes to Greece in January. He's trying to accommodate all these guys trying to see them. You know, uh, so I, I got to tell you what I said was true. Actually, uh, we celebrated Santa Claus's arrival uh, on January 1st. Uh, and we had all our gift giving when I was a child on January 1st. Uh, it was St. Basil uh, for us as opposed to St. Nicholas uh, that it is. So I guess somewhere uh, after he encountered uh, Sarah, he had to have a name change and identity change because, you know, he didn't want to be associated anymore uh, after that with, uh, with uh, everybody else. But let me tell you this. One of the greatest things that I remember as a child was... Um, being being part of the family obviously and um, watching my mother preparing the food and uh, the feast that we had um, and being greek uh, when greeks pre prepare a feast <laughs> they prepare a feast i'm talking about long tables all food everywhere from every corner you can't see the wood on 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 the on the table it's hors d'oeuvres and main courses and drinks and you know mm -hmm. uh with festive festivity all around decorated in tablecloths that's some of the stuff that i remember from my mother um whom i lost uh, at a very young age uh, she, mm -hmm. she passed away when i was 17. So I do have some wonderful memories of her. And I do have, you know, as many people have during Christmases, uh, I've had some not so great Christmases um, because of her illness. Uh, it was kind of hard to find the Christmas spirit. And uh, you can imagine a family going through uh, a moment where they're watching their loved one dying from cancer, how tough that can be. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, but we still tried, and she wanted to try to to create that spirit. Um, one of the more uh, greater moments and more happier moments for me as a child was that I would go around uh, with other kids in the neighborhood. We would go around and uh, do Christmas caroling on Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, and even on January 5th. Uh, which was Epiphany Eve, and we would go around, I would have a little triangle, uh, and we would go around and ringing the triangle and uh, singing the carols, and we would get a drachma here, 10 drachmas there, you know, something to go buy something afterwards, and which is a wonderful memory for me. Um, and uh, it got our singing voices, it didn't really improve my voice so much, but at least I tried. Yeah, yeah. What, what about you, Al? You must have some childhood memories. Well, yes. Uh... 
I grew up on a farm in a part of the GTA, Greater Toronto Area, that's no longer farmland. But when I was, when I was young, we were one of the few farming families left in the neighborhood and we had a very special Christmas at home. And I have to say though that, Andrew, we did have some Christmases where there wasn't any snow. Usually what would happen is the snow would happen just sort of after Christmas. Uh, we'd be begging for snow to come so we could go out and make snowmen and mm -hmm. you know, snow angels and do all that sort of stuff that kids do. But there were some years where we didn't get it. Uh, but we usually had a happy home. There was a lot of competition between my siblings and I for the decoration of the tree because the, my, our parents would put up the tree and we would look after the decorations of it. Uh, and occasionally we'd all individually go out and buy our own decorations so we could put up on the tree and become part of the, the experience. Uh, it was a wonderful time. We had a big house. It wasn't a, a fabulous house. It was, it was a, an old farmhouse that we could have done with a, quite a, new, a few uh, upgrades, but it was home and we liked it. And of course, we had the usual feast, which was, I guess, rather plain compared to yours, Mario. We had the usual turkey with the stuffing and the potatoes. And there would be mincemeat pie and all the other delicacies and a lot of candy too. So, but it, other than that, it was plain, but it, we were all together. And after I left home and went to university and uh, I would always come back for Christmas. Uh, regardless, I kept doing that actually for about 15 years after I graduated university, even when I moved out to Alberta, I'd always go home for Christmas uh, because it was, it was, uh, I didn't really have any family when I was out living in Alberta at the time anyways. And uh, I did have some friends, but the, the call of home was always there. It always drawing me back to enjoy uh, the, fa the, the, the sense of, of home. So Rab, uh, do you have, uh, did you have any, do you have any experiences like that when you were young? Yes, uh, certainly. My dad was also in the Air Force. We, I'm also an army brat. And we were posted all over India. And in India, they used to celebrate Christmas, they used to celebrate Diwali, Eid. All the three religions had their celebrations. And there was a holiday on that day, in fact. And whichever station we were on, we used to celebrate that. We used to have gifts also. We used to put trees also, the Christmas trees. And uh, yes, again, it's going without saying, you have special meals and everything, but it's, it's the time of the day, uh, the year also, it's uh, when the sun is right at the bottom. And this is actually, the sun is on the uh, right, the southernmost point on 21st, and then it'll start going up again. And it, this cycle keeps on going. This is an astrological cycle, that's what I was saying. Mars, the Saturn and Jupiter are together with each other now. It becomes a very big light. And these things have been happening, and this is going to happen 80 years from now. It was there before. And now, and next time it's going to happen 80 years from now. It's a very rare occurrence. But all these astrological events were happening then and is happening now. And that is one thing which you look up at the skies, that thing hasn't changed. Those stars, constellations, they're the same. 
if your feelings at this time, whatever they are, at that time, you can always equate by looking up and attaching to those times. I really can go back. If I look at this, any constellation, I can bring all the memories back when I saw them when I was young or when I was, especially during these special occasions like Diwali and Christmas. And that's how we celebrated it. Otherwise, for us, every day is a new day. We are happy that we are alive and we are, we are uh, thankful for everything. Mm. Not only on that day. That goes to, without saying. Yeah. So Rob was mentioning about Christmas trees and I just wanted to pick up on that a little bit if I can. Um, back in, uh, it was basically the 60s, early 70s I'm talking about. In, in those days, there were artificial trees and some people did have them, but by far, the majority of people had natural trees and you bought your tree just a, a few days ahead of time and uh, it would have been inconceivable for our family to have you know artificial Christmas but I, I just remember the smell of the pine and all the rest and of course the cat getting into the tree if anybody's ever had a cat around that gets into the Christmas tree and the ornaments and, and just the wonderful ritual of taking the ornaments out every year you know the ornaments that every that came back every year and then you'd bring them out and there they were and some of them were from the grandparents and some of them were from uh, you know 20 years ago and and a couple of years ago and then there's the new one you added this year so the christmas tree was an integral part of the ritual and the other thing i want to say before i i stop is how lucky again i, I mentioned that i was uh, an army child my father's military now soldiers have huge gray socks and you didn't buy an artificial stocking in those days. So I was so lucky and my soldier dad with his huge gray socks, we had lots of stuff in there. And at the toe of the sock would be a huge Jaffa orange. You couldn't get things year round in those uh, days. So an orange was a tremendous treat in the middle of winter. And then Brazil nuts and, and, and hazelnuts and all those things at the bottom of the stocking. And I bet there are many, many children who lived those traditions just as I did. Mm -hmm. well, a lot of those traditions, sorry. Yeah, I wanna say something about the tree. Now, since you uh, spoke about the tree, I was in a VLCC, we had about 300 tons of, 300,000 tons of, uh, crude oil, and we were in a port called Bruns Butler Coog. We haven't heard of the Bruns Butler Coog. This is a place somewhere in Germany, right? And we were we went ashore, and we saw fresh Christmas trees there. So me and my wife had gone ashore. We picked up that, and because normally on the ship we always had this plastic tree. This is the first time we had an actual live tree, like a natural tree. We 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 uh, we took it all the way to the ship. And that time we had Christmas with a live tree. Mm. That's good. Yeah, I, I want to touch on that too, on, on the Christmas tree, because uh, in Greece, actually, the Christmas tree wasn't, uh, it was, it's more of a North American thing. Uh, in Greece, actually, what they used to do was they would decorate little sailboats. And uh, you would put it in your house, like a little replica of a sailboat with lights on it, you know, on th that would relate uh, more to you, uh, Sarah. You know, and uh, it, it, it was really beautiful to see the lights on the, you know, on the sailboats and uh, we would put gifts around the sailboats. It wasn't until probably I would say the late 70s that uh, Greece got into 
uh, the Western tradition of putting up Christmas trees and it became more and more and more uh, common for homes to replace the sailboats and, and put the Christmas trees down uh, or up, I should say. Um, and uh, it's, you know, the beauty of it all is, is what I remember and I still love. Uh, my wife and I, when we are in Toronto and uh, doing our Christmas, because we usually uh, go down to Florida to have our Christmas, um, but when we are here, and especially like today where there's snow on the ground, it makes it very romantic uh, to, um, you know, to bring out that spirit of, of uh, the beauty of Christmas and uh, the joy and love that is shared through that. Um, and I do enjoy white Christmases, but, but I've had... Uh, Unlike uh, Al, I've had a few uh, very, very green uh, Christmases with temperatures being uh, in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> so. Well, I think there's one thing that has been most endearing probably over millennia is the uh, whole concept of having a holiday at the end of the year, something we now call Christmas, but which can go by other names and also is associated with other uh, other uh, traditions, Diwali, there's Hanukkah, I think comes in the same realm. It's all Christmas, the Christmas period is all uh, one of celebration for the end of the year. And in that regard though, we have to thank the Russians for changing the calendar about 500 years ago, because the beginning of the year used to be on March, I think it was end of March or something like that. And that was because traditionally the end of the beginning of the year was celebrated when at the spring equinox. But the Russian emperor or Tsar at the time decided to move it and everybody followed him. And I guess everybody's just grateful because now we have a period of one or two weeks in which we can celebrate. We don't do anything but celebrate. Stay off. We stay home for the week. Well, celebrate. New Year in March is just wrong. New Year is in January. It's January 1st. This uh, Russian Tsar, whoever he was, he got it right. Everybody else was wrong. We can thank him for it. Andrew, what about the people in the Southern Hemisphere? It's summer for them when they have Christmas. So do they have the same sort of uh, stories or they feel, oh, it was so hot there. there was, no, they, didn't ever, they can never think of snow in the Christmas there. Sarab, as I understand it, uh, uh, Santa Claus arrives in a, uh, a boat in, uh, in Australia and New Zealand, what accompanied by some surfer girls, which are his reindeers. These people are going to take forever, Al. Come on, we can talk forever. It's time to wrap it up. Let's, let's, let's. let's. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, he just cut us off at the best point. Well, I well. to see the girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just cut it off. Okay. I thought the conversation was starting to go. A little thanks, bit. Uh, thanks, Andrew. Okay, great. You know. <laughs> so I suppose we should uh, bring it to uh, a climax here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today to share mm -hmm. our experiences of Christmas's past, and we wish you a happy and prosperous Christmas and the new year. Yeah. Bye then. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.